0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Connect the Knox. I'm Julia Hurley, your host, connecting Knoxville to the nation. Today's podcast guest is Chad Zerker, and I want to make sure I get it correct. It's Director of Baseball Operations, but here in Knoxville, we call it Baseball Operations. Chad, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Yeah, Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be a part of it.
0: Well, thank you. All right. So this this podcast goes out across the nation on like 37 different podcast players. We have people from everywhere. Learn more about Knoxville every day. And one of the hardest tickets to get is a baseball ticket. And it's because the university of baseball team has such great management, recruiting. They they do it big. Tell us a little bit about what it takes to run a baseball team, what your position, you know, really entails, and what that means to the fans.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it it takes a lot. Uh, The main thing is the culture and the kids. You know, you want them to be uh, bought into what we're trying to do around here and uh, have success on and off the field and leave here with a degree and, um, you know, hopefully play professional baseball because that's what they all want to do when they get here. Uh, And ever since Coach Vitello has joined seven years ago now, it's it's been on the uptick. And like you said, it's a hard ticket to get uh, right as we turned that corner. COVID hit, so it was a really hard ticket because it was – no capacity, and then 25% capacity. And it's just kind of gone from there to where now we have renovations going on and we'll grow from, you know, a 4,500-seat stadium to, you know, hopefully closer to 7,000 in the coming years. Uh, But for my job, my main goal is to make sure the players can play and the coaches can coach, Uh, whether that's ordering equipment for the players, uh, getting food for the players, coaches getting reimbursed for a trip they made recruiting-wise, anything that they can do Not do, and I can do for them, so that they can worry about helping this team reach our goals. Which, at the end of the day, is to make it as far as we can in the tournament and get to Omaha.
0: So, tell us a little bit about the upcoming season. What are you all planning for? As far as are you going to be done with the renovations? Is it going to? Are we in the middle of renovations? What's what's that going to look like for the fans?
1: So we'll probably be in the middle of renovations. Hopefully they'll have the left field line closed in where it'll be a full uh, lower bowl stadium. Now it'll match the right field side, plus putting seats in front of the batting cages down the right field side. Not 100% sure if the seats will come in in time. And if they don't, they'll sell it as a uh, bring your own lawn chair kind of area uh, for the the time being. But if they get here, hopefully it'll be seats all the way down both sides with a standing area above. And then um, inside that area on the third base side will be rooms for our managers uh visitor's locker room, nap room, uh, a couple different holding areas, mechanical rooms. That stuff will be worked on while the season's going on this year since it's out of sight. It won't be ready for the season. And then after next season ends, they'll finish that up and they'll expand the concourse out into Pathead Summit Street and that'll become an access road um, like they did with Johnny Majors when they did the football practice field renovation. And then they'll redo the press box. New press box and suites will go in next summer as well. And hopefully... Two-year project, but possibly three with a third phase. Um, but we're hoping to get most of it done in two years.
0: That's amazing, and it's great. It's it's an unbelievably exciting stadium already, and it's so connected to the campus. I mean, you can you literally can look out and see fraternity houses right on the backside of it, so the kids can be involved without having to even come into the stadium. One of the better. Uh, college stadiums that I've visited, in my personal opinion. Of course, I'm a little biased. Tell us a little bit about how the NIL has changed all of this. And the like when so, COVID happened, NIL happened kind of at the same time. And then there was this surge of popularity also because Vitello came in and has just changed the program totally and brought some great people like you along the way and made it to where everybody's compartmentalized and can perform. How has that impacted fundraising, opportunities for the kids, opportunities for the stadium itself? Has anything changed?
1: Yeah, I think it was a perfect storm. You know, COVID hit. Everybody needed something to be excited about. Nobody was allowed to go to football games, you know, 25%. And then basketball was the same. And then baseball rolls around and it finally hits 100%. We've got the best team we've had in a while. We've got some great people on that team as far as players and personalities to where It kind of just took off. It was like the perfect match at the right time, and it's helped us so much, especially with NIL coming in shortly after that. Baseball is not a full scholarship sport. Uh, We get 11.7 scholarships to split amongst 27 people, um, and then the rest are walk-on to get to your 40. Uh, So everything's percentage-wise or based, and NIL has helped shorten that gap a little bit, shrink the gap of, uh, you know, maybe you're on 50%. Well, now i got to pay 50% out of pocket. But now I've got some NIL deals and I'm making you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to go towards that. Um, so that's helped a lot on the baseball front. You know, you see it in every sport, but really it's helped bridge the gap of, hey, we you know, we can't use it for recruiting. But when you get here and you do well, you'll get some opportunities to shrink how much you owe in student loans or out of, out of pocket. Um, you know, and then between that and uh, uh, donors have come up huge with the stadium renovations. It started out as a sixty-five million dollar project, but with uh, inflation and everything, it's now a ninety-five million dollar project. Um, so, you know that, and obviously they'll take some bonds out for some of that, but a lot of it is uh, self-generated money. And Tony's helped that a lot, and our players have helped that by success and being personable and going out in the community and being being around. You know, I think. Kids, for one, and parents, too, enjoy coming around and being around our guys, uh, just based on who they are and what they represent.
0: Yeah, last uh, I guess – no, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago, because last year we were out of town. We went to the the opening fundraiser dinner for the baseball Mm -hmm. team, and the kids came and sat at the tables with us, and they conversated with us, and we talked about school, and we talked about their families and where they were from, and they were, I mean, just gentlemen to the – Whore. Yeah, some it's of one of the best, best events. Kids. it's one yeah. of the
1: best events we have just to kick off the season and so you know you don't see you come to some fall practice you might get to know some of the players we don't wear numbers in the fall so it's a good event for our guys to to split up if their family's not there to sit with uh you know different fans different donors to just like you said just have a conversation you know people are like man that was so cool i got to sit with so and so and get to know them a little bit because it's not all about baseball at that point uh, so it's one of the better events we do so is that a fundraiser? Uh, more more than likely, it just depends on where we do it and what the goal is. You know, last year we needed to raise money based on how many flights we had. Uh, this year, not as many, so you know, breaking even is fine. We don't want to lose money, but it's just an event to get people involved and people around. And anything we do make helps out in the long run. You know, maybe we make twenty thousand dollars, which uh, you know allows us to get a cold tub for the training room or uh, a new golf cart for recruiting. You know, some stuff like that. Uh, but there's not necessarily a goal when we go into it unless we n- know we need something at that moment.
0: Sure. How do people get tickets to that?
1: So usually they just go through the donor. Last year we didn't even announce it and we sold it out. Uh, we just, you know, we had them reach out to the donor base first. And then those people, you can either buy a single ticket, you can buy two tickets, or you can buy a table. Um, table costs a little more, but then you get your people there, bring whoever you want. Plus we'll put, usually put some, some kind of prize on it or sign baseball by the team to go with it. And then we'll have a silent auction as well. But it's a tough ticket just based on where we do it. You know, we probably we're doing the student union again, which only holds 500 um, like we did last year. But it's just a good venue and easy for everybody. Um, You know, so not necessarily a fundraiser, but a tough ticket to get because it usually doesn't make it past that donor level.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is maybe somebody with a larger venue to donate for the day. Over the evening might be able to help the baseball team get connected with more fans because you've got a ton of fans in Knoxville. I mean, the base. I have never seen people tailgate for baseball, and they do it at Tennessee.
1: Yep, no, it's uh, it's been an exciting thing, but yeah, I think if we could get a, a bigger venue at the right right price or donate, that helps a lot. You know, it's hard to go out and say, hey, let's spend five or ten thousand dollars just to rent this place because uh, then you start in that hole, and then you don't make any, or you don't make it back to that amount, which I I know we would, but You always got to think about things. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, You know, one year they did it, and uh, it was ten thousand dollars for the guest speaker. And then it got snowed out. Well, he still had to be paid because he showed up, but you had to refund the ticket money. So now you're out money. Um, So thinking of those things, but yeah, if there was a venue that was uh, bigger, um, like you said, I know for a fact we would have enough people there to make it worthwhile.
0: No doubt about that. We were there. It was one of the better experiences we've had. And I mean, as you know, we have tickets to every UT sport that you can buy a season pass to, we've got them, and we go to every event that we're invited to, and the baseball is still our best event of the year. We just feel so connected with the players and the team, and they make you just feel right at home. One of the misconceptions, I think, that people assume in larger schools like Tennessee, and the all massively large opportunities, is that every single player is a scholarship player. Explain a little bit more about how that works, because I think people don't know they can get involved in a different way because they assume everything's like the football team.
1: Yeah, they assume everything, you know, you're a part of the team, so everything's free. I mean, we've got 40 guys on the team come the spring, and I think with the rule change, maybe 32 can be on scholarships. You have at least eight walk-ons, and that's just 40 on the active roster. We probably have 45, five guys red and the scholarship guy can't come off that list. He's got to be on it. So now you're looking at, you know, 10 to 13 guys that are on zero scholarship of any sort. Um, now they may have some academic scholarships and the hope scholarship, depending on where they're from. Um, but you know how expensive <laughs> it is for these colleges now. I mean, I think we we graded out about twenty eight thousand for an in state student, room board and everything, fifty thousand out of state. So when you're walking on, it's a it's a big toll. And you know, we can't just add scholarships. We're capped at eleven point seven. I think it'll grow eventually, but you now you said people can help out in other ways. Hey. I've got an NIL deal for you or, you know, whatever it may be that helps that student. Maybe it was a meal here and there because they tweeted about, you know, somebody's catering a restaurant. And then now that $300 goes back in their pocket, which can go to that school or, you know, maybe in the mom and dad's pocket who are paying for the school. Uh, So baseball definitely needs uh, the, the support, you know, these donors. And now it's the fine line of, well, do we need these donors to help with the stadium or, you know, a charter flight or do we need them to help these players? And mm-hmm. it'll always be players first. Uh, those are the ones that drive the program and the ones that need it the most. And then we'll figure out the other stuff as we go. But there's always a place to help when it comes to baseball. Um, you know, that's why we went off campus to meet more people for the Fall World Series, played in Smokies Park and Chattanooga uh, with the construction going on here. It was just a good way to see, you know, 3,000, 4,000 more fans from a different area that don't always get to see, especially with a ticket being a hard one to come by.
0: Yeah, you are you all could play on a mud field. And it pouring down rain and fans would come. They would come. The baseball team is highly supported. It is something that's very important to people in the Knoxville market. I think sports in general carries our camaraderie and it's the availability for us as a community to come as a whole and talk with each other and see each other. And sometimes I think about, you know, uh, you've been at my tailgate, our tailgates during football season. I can promise you that's the only time during the year I see half of the people that I do business with. I would guarantee you that there are seven weekends in a row that I get to see people. And that's the only time I see them the entire year is maybe 15, 20 minutes at at our tailgate. And during the baseball season, it's unfortunately, I'm such a baseball fan, I literally tune people out. So I'll be in my seats just like this, glued, glued to watching the game. And so it's not really an opportunity for me, but people are tailgating out there and they're here to support the team. So as as the operations director, you're not only in charge of the team, you're in charge of their fundraising efforts outside. I I took a picture and sent it to the other day. Uh, your name was on this donation sheet to uh, Regional Leadership, which is called Leadership East Tennessee. Now they've changed the name. I was a member when it was East Tennessee Regional Leadership. And I was like, Chad is everywhere. He is making sure that the team is involved in the community, that people know that they're out there. I mean, you're, you're working so many angles. What is your, like your overall, how can the community contribute back to you what you're giving to them?
1: i just continue to support these kids, you know, help these kids any way possible. They're, you know, I say kids, but they're growing growing up and we want them to be the best they can be on and off the field. And I think the community of Knoxville is big into that um, more, more so than any other place I've been. And I think just any way you can support those guys, whether it's NIL or just, you know, conversation or bringing your kids to camp. um, You know, I think that helps me in the long run, you know, Obviously, we need donors. We need people to, you know, spend money. That's how college athletics works. Uh, but I like the direction of everything. And, you know, for me personally, I get out of this the success the guys get out of this. You know, I got to go to Omaha twice. Seeing them succeed is the, the biggest joy of the entire job, not something I'm doing, just making sure they can play. And then once they succeed, feel like that's a reward for me as well because I got to see some guys achieve their dreams.
0: So are there anybody, any guys on the team that aren't already signed with an NIL? Like how, how would you as a random person be like, Hey, I really like baseball. I have no idea how to connect with these kids. A lot of people say, just send them a a private message on Instagram, um, which I found very, very good reception because kids really talk in that realm constantly. Um, but for somebody that just doesn't even know where to start to connect, where would you, where would you send them to?
1: I would think you know, we're kind of going with a baseball collective now that schools can only be so involved. It's about to change a little bit, it sounds like, but Evan Russell, former players running, used to be called Friends of Tennessee Baseball, the guy for the Smokies was running, but now it's going to Evan Russell, and it'll be called Loyalty. and it's just oh, a hi. baseball collective uh, similar to similar to Spire uh, and will work hand-in-hand with Spire. Spire doesn't want to do anything uh, against their will, but just to where it's strictly for the baseball guys, uh, being a former player running it. Uh, so getting in touch with him. Getting in touch with, like you said, the the social media is the easiest way to do it. Uh, emailing uh, myself, you know, like I said we can only be so involved. But if I get an email, I can get it to the right people. I would say majority of our guys that have played a game here probably have some sort of deal. Uh, the new guys, you know, probably have to you, you kind of have to earn it. People got to get to know you or get out to an event. But I'd say you know, decent amount of them have at least some sort of deal. But I think any kind of contact you you make. they're they're never gonna be able to turn them down. You know, they're gonna try to help out and you know, maybe this guy's got too many things going on. There's another player on the team that could use that help.
0: We all know that real estate is location, location, location. Our team at Just Homes Group has the true expertise, pairing buyers and sellers with the right opportunities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, right here in Knoxville, Lenore City, Clinton, or Farragut. We have the expertise throughout every Knoxville surrounding area. Call Julia Hurley
1: at 865-237-7328. Okay.
0: So where would they where would they find this uh, loyalty? Is it already there?
1: It, it's still in the works a little bit. You know, we're starting some stuff out with it, but I think uh, I think the best way now would be just to contact me uh, via email. Then I could get it to Evan until he gets it set up how he wants, where he can say, hey, contact me here. Here's a website or the Twitter handle or whatever. I think just contacting through me right now and I would get it to him and let him take it from there would be the, the ideal way to help these guys out.
0: Sure. How can people tell people what your email address is?
1: My email is just first initial, last name at utk.edu, C as in cat, Z as in zebra, U-R, C as in cat, H-E-R at utk.edu.
0: Awesome. So let's shift topics a little bit. You just became a dad. Tell us all about it.
1: Uh, it's awesome. You know, everybody tells you it's going to be the greatest love and the greatest blessing. And until you actually do it, I don't think, you know, you can say, yeah, I know what you mean. But until you're actually, you know, see that little kid and, uh, you know, cry as soon as he comes out and then, you know, watch him for, for four months now grow. I mean, he's gained six pounds. He's, you know, gained four inches. He looks so much bigger. He just laughs and smiles. and. Uh, thankfully, he sleeps all night right now. Uh, so we got to keep that going. But he uh, he started daycare. He goes to Little Hawks in Hardin Valley twice a week. Um, you know, we're hoping to get him into Concord Christian at some point, uh, possibly a little closer to the house and, and uh, potentially, you know, can go all the way through school there. And um, But it, it's been a blessing to watch my wife be a mother. Uh, that's probably a greater blessing as well. Um, since my you know, not work for 12 weeks, juggle stuff around the house. When I say not work, not work or job, but working around the house, cleaning the house and, you know, weird hours and and different things. And then now going back to work for the last month and still being the same she's been. And, uh, you know, especially with my job, not knowing what hours I'm going to be there and be gone for multiple days at a time. You know, we went to Chattanooga Friday, didn't come back till Saturday and then having our family support has been helpful. But, uh, Warren, Warren's growing and he's been to a UT football game now. He's been to UT baseball fall scrimmage. So he's, you know, basketball will be next for him before he gets back into the baseball mode.
0: Oh, I, I, every time you sent me that last photo, I was like, oh my God, he grew. He grew like 18. He felt, he felt like he grew 18 inches.
1: I know he barely fits in some stuff that he fed it, fit in like a little bed or a dock tot. I'm like, your feet you used to barely take up half this thing. And now your legs pass the, past the end of
0: it. And maybe one day he'll be playing baseball for Tennessee. Hopefully so. <laughs> so something I know that people don't understand outside of this is, one, people that manage these teams are just like you. They're very local. They're, they're hyper-local. And they're super involved. And people seem to misunderstand the availability of it, if that makes any sense. So um, until I started working really closely with some football players, I really did not understand Like check-ins 5 a.m. Check in 11 a.m. Check in 1 p.m. Check in 3 p.m. Practice till this. Like there are limited hours of the day that these athletes get to breathe, have personal time, study time, and build a business through NIL and connectivity. And so they're missing that that opportunity, maybe, uh, to make those relationships either through college years or if they don't go pro after that and it's and there's like this awkward transition moment how can people get into more of a understanding of timeline and availability so that's not so difficult for the players later
1: yeah, i think uh, understanding that our our fall is our main time that we're available you know we we do practice we have fall practice just like spring practice for football we get 45 days on a day we set to practice twenty-seven times, uh, so we go September 28th 29th until November eleventh. Uh, you got to have one off day a week uh, and some skill days mixed in. But our fall up until you know January fifteenth, August to January fifteenth, when these guys do have availability. Uh, it's hard during the spring. Don't they'll still do some stuff here and there, uh, but it's easier to do social media nil than it is to go to events. But we've had some guys go to events this fall. But I think one way is to come to a practice, um, talk to them after practice. Um, you know they're pretty available to if you come to practice, sit in the stands, say, "Hey, can I talk to so and so after?" They're going to come over because in the fall of their time, you know, we'll have one or two off days a week, and then they'll have time from probably six to whenever they need to go to bed to get some stuff done um, on that front. Whereas. In the spring, we probably have a game Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, plus practice. They're probably not going to be able to or want to. Whereas the, the fall, they'll have a little more time. Uh, it's a good time to get involved, and you know, like I said, our, our practices are always open. Unlike uh, you know, football and basketball, they have strategies. We have strategy too, but there's no plays, so we don't care if people come watch. So we come watch practice, talk to the guys. Uh, they're they're pretty pretty available. I think we had some guys go to Dick's House of Sport on Sunday after we got back from Chattanooga. Um, so there's, there's some time, especially away from that fall, like from now until, like I said, January 15th, the guys that are in town, um, they'll have some time on their hands.
0: Perfect. That's good to know. It's good to know when you can connect because i know a lot of people want to be part of it and they're just not sure how to be a part of it. And I think that that could help you solve some fundraising issues is just getting it out there. Hey, come be a part of this. So what we're starting to see are tons of people from California and from out West where it never feels like it's raining and it's always a sunny 75 to 82 degrees and we're, they're bringing a lot of baseball with them. I mean, these are baseball people who can, who can practice, you know, field level skills outdoors all day, every day. They're not just hitting and they're bringing that with them. And now we have a few former pro athletes living in the Knoxville market. How is that working out if, if there's a partnership there or is there a recruiting base out of that context?
1: It's been good. You know, the baseball is continuing to get better. All sports have in Tennessee as Nashville's grown. And some of these people, as you said, the West Coast have moved this way. Or at the very least, we've got some kids from California on our team, and we're tapping into that recruiting-wise. Uh, having those professional guys around, especially that played here, is huge. But even some that didn't play here, uh, Spencer Strider, Joe Nathan, uh, people like that to come in and, you know, have a conversation with the guys. You know, we'll have different – you know, Spencer Strider spoke to our team – Few weeks ago, it's pretty big. They all know who he is. He's a young guy for the Braves that's had a great career so far. That they'll listen to, you know. So just having that person to have a conversation with and bounce some knowledge off of is huge for us. And then you can see that in recruiting when a recruit comes through and there's 20 pro guys that have been drafted from here working out in the facility at one time.
0: So the impact of Tony Vitello. Let's talk about that because every single sport wants Tony Vitello at their games. This man has completely changed the conversation and the attitude of all UT athletics, not just baseball. What's it like being around that that kind of energy, and how do you exuberate that into the community?
1: I mean, it's a joy. It's it's fun to see somebody that's uh, taking a, a a town or a full university like he has. Like you said, they want him at everything and. The, the cool thing is he's willing to go to everything, especially in the fall before we get started. You know, he's done so many speaking engagements around the community, uh, different things this fall. I keep up with his calendar, so I see all this crazy stuff. And uh, But that's who he is. He's not going to miss a moment to go out and sell his brand, this team's brand, uh, get support. He, he knows who drives the program, and that's the fans. Um, so going out to these people, get them in return to come give back, help out with the team, come to the games. Um, but, but then he – Fully embraced being a volunteer to where he goes to these other games, not just to watch him. He's a fan. He's there. Uh, he's cheering. He's doing all that. And, you know, he's got the time uh, on his hands in the fall, so he's going to go sit courtside at a basketball game with a Zekai Ziegler shirt on or uh, whatever it may be, or dress up two years ago when played Ole Miss, dress up as Lane Kiffin, try to act like him on the sideline. And, uh, you know, just different things. He, But I think he's fully embraced the fans, and they've clearly fully embraced him.
0: So as that positive attitude and that positive contribution continues to leak out of the baseball team, I always want to remind people, don't just think this kind of stuff happens. It takes an entire team. And as manager of this team, as operations director of this team, a lot of that responsibility also lays on your shoulders as well. How is that, How is that? Um, I guess, community driven? Like, what is it that you can do behind the scenes and what can you get other people involved in?
1: I mean, just helping out, I think I've sent out at least 10 uh, youth camp auction items and MVP experiences. You know, if there's a good cause in Knoxville and they need an auction item, we're going to get them items. We're going to make sure that we're part of the community. I can reach out to different people for community service, send some guys uh, down, you know, to maybe it's a 5K for a benefit or something. We can send some guys. We want to be involved. These guys want to be involved because they want to get to know people. Um but my role is just keeping up with, with his calendar and making sure he's where he's supposed to be so that we can keep that positive vibe going and that energy going to where it rolls into the season every year.
0: That's a big, it's a big job. That's a big job. So let's not we, – we, I always say we always remember the players, we forget the staff, and that that's what makes that clock tick. I have one question for you. Outside of a baseball or sporting event, a UT in general, if someone were to visit you that's not from here, what are your top three places to take them?
1: Top three places to take them. I'm probably going to Gettys you getting around to golf. Okay, a good meal okay. there. Um, going out to the to the in-laws on the lake at Teleco. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. Knoxville's got the best lakes. I mean, I know there's everywhere, but there's more here and then there's nothing like a better day than sitting on the dock or on a boat. That's true. and then another place to take them. Probably over South Knoxville to show them where I grew up.
0: Oh, you grew up in South Knoxville.
1: I did. Okay. Yeah, I well, then, then you got
0: like all the outdoorsy stuff, and yeah,
1: like, just go show them that. You know, obviously, yeah. get up to Gatlinburg, show them some mountains would be easy. But I think that's kind of on the way.
0: That's awesome. I love that list. You're the first person to mention golfing, and oddly, Knoxville has a ton of golf.
1: So- a ton of <laughs> golf for the for the per capita. I've never seen so many golf courses. It's awesome.
0: Is <laughs> so many. Chad, is there any last parting words you want to give to the nation? Because we're talking to everybody out here today.
1: I mean, it, I'm glad Julia's doing this. I think Knoxville is growing so much, not necessarily people wise, even though it is, but for the people here. You know, we talk about it all the time. We used to go downtown for no reason. Uh, sundown in the city was maybe oh, the yeah. only reason. And now you can go down there and eat dinner and bowl and hang out. And Knoxville is changing for the better. Um, for the people that have been here for the long haul. You know, you're going to have people coming in, but I think even us that have been here for for a long time are seeing new things to do, and I think that's awesome.
0: Well, if there's ever anything we can do for you, as you've got my number, you let me know what these kids need. You let me know what you all need. I appreciate you taking time for us so much today. Uh, All I can say is go Vols, and we'll be sitting in the stadium ready for baseball season as soon as it, it comes around. We appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you very much. Go Vols.
0: Go balls, Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Julia Hurley, your host of Connect the Knox, connecting Knoxville to the nation. Until next time. Thank you for tuning into the show. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. And if you would like information on moving to Knoxville, send me a private message. As always, this is Julia Hurley, connecting Knoxville to the nation.